Welcome to Hazel and Katniss and Harry and Star, a young adult literature podcast, their film and television adaptations, and everything in between. I'm Joe. And I'm Brenna. And our show is located on the ancestral lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Huron-Wendat, and the Anishinaabe on lands connected to the Toronto Purchase Treaty 13 of 1805. And on the Tecumloops Tay-Sequetman territory within the unceded traditional lands of Sequetman Ulu. And today's text, Sami Blood, takes place in Sapmi, the traditional home of the Sami peoples. This loosely aligns with northern Scandinavia, and the film also takes place south of this territory in what is now known as Sweden. Mm-hmm. What an education for me, this movie, Joe. <laughs> yes, uh, we are once again delving into picks from listeners. So this one comes courtesy of Alexini, who, of course, has guested on the Hunger Games episodes. And she recommended this to us as a kind of European comparable text to some of the conversations we've had about Canadian indigeneity as well as colonization. Yeah, so for folks who don't know, and, you know, we had to do a lot of reading and Googling around this topic, Mm -hmm. the Sami people are, as far as I can understand it, Joe, the only indigenous population to Europe. Okay. And they have the territories that are sort of in the northern parts of Scandinavia and Russia. And I was really fascinated uh, learning about just all the different parallels between the way colonization functioned in North America and the way colonization functioned in, well, in Sweden and in Scandinavia. And so I feel like I want to say off the top that we're going to try really hard to get the details right. But I also find myself getting sort of slipping between Mm -hmm. my, my sort of understandings of colonization and its own cultural contexts. Yes, absolutely. So, of course, if we have any listeners in Sweden who can help to clarify if we do get things incorrect, uh, obviously, we would love to hear from you. But maybe I'll just quickly introduce the film and then we'll unpack it, as it were. Absolutely. Okay. So, this is a 2016-2017 coming-of-age film written and directed by Amanda Kernel. And Kernel identifies as Sammy, so this is an own voices text, although it's technically set in, like, the 1930s through the 1940s. And it stars... These are Swedish names, so I'm probably going to massacre them in the same way I did for Let the Right One In... But it stars Lene Cecilia Sparak as Ella Maya, who um, that's the the young version of her that we spend the majority of the film with. And then she is also played by Majdoris Rimpi in her sort of like late 70s in the bracketing device that opens and closes the film. Her sister is played by Maya Sparak. And we also have a teacher, Christina, for whom she steals the name throughout the film. That actress is Hannah Alstrom. And then uh, the boy that Ella Maya ends up sort of hooking on to, for lack of a better term, Nicholas, is played by Julius Fleischanderl. Yeah, I definitely massacred that last one, so my apologies. It's a Swedish and uneasy language. Um, I'm really interested in the casting here. So the protagonist, Ella Maria is played by a Norwegian Sami actress. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, and she herself speaks Southern Sami. And I'm really kind of fascinated by this portrayal. So I guess 
Oh, we should start with a plot summary, eh, Joe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. okay. So it's um it's a frame narrative, which, you know, we've looked at a lot of these over our history on the show. We start with a 78-year-old protagonist who goes by the name of Christina, but we'll come to find out that this is um, Ella Maria. And she is at the funeral of her sister. She's sort of been dragged there kicking and screaming by her son. Mm-hmm. And she's like super racist basically the film opens with her sort of dropping all these racial epithets and um you know calling these people thieves and liars and she doesn't like it when they speak to her in southern sammy she gets very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um and she even like they invite her to stay the night in their home or her sister's family home and she won't do it so we know there's something up (laughs) by the framing of the narrative um and then That night, we see her in the hotel. Her son and her granddaughter are going off in a helicopter to see the reindeer herd that her sister cared for. Mm -hmm. And instead of going with them, she enters into this flashback, which is the majority of the film, um, where we meet her in her younger years. She's been sent to what was called like a, a nomad school or a boarding school similar in context to the residential schooling system. Here, Mm -hmm. children were taught to separate themselves from their Sami culture, learn Swedish, uh, become Christian. Uh, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we find out there's no expectation that these children will actually integrate with larger Swedish society. Um, Yes. Yeah. That to me seemed like the biggest kind of distinction because initially I I took notice like, oh, okay, there's no religious component. And then the film gets to that part. And I thought, oh, okay, well, there isn't the same kind of like level of strict sort of totalitarianness. But then it's like, oh, no, we're, we're abusing these children. And it is very similar. And yet at the same time, there is this moment where she asks the teacher, Christina, you know, like, will you write me a letter so that I can go to another school and become like you become a teacher. And this woman just sort of says, No, like, I'm not going to do that because you need to go back to your family, because we don't think you're smart enough to do the same things that we do. Yeah, they basically say like, your people aren't capable of doing this kind of thing. And there's this scene where this group of scientists from the State Institute for Racial Biology come to the school. Yeah, and they measure the children's heads and they take Mm -hmm. pictures of them naked. And it's really awful. Um, Especially because like the neighborhood boys are like watching the girls get these photos taken of them. Like the whole thing is really exploitative, but it's also Mm -hmm. sort of indicative of how these children are more like science experiments than they are like pupils. Right. Yeah. So eventually, well, she goes to this dance and she Mm -hmm. meets a soldier. She meets a group of soldiers, but she meets one soldier in particular. And after having this experience at the dance and knowing that she wants to pursue an education and really wanting to distance herself from the other Sammy children, particularly after this experience with these scientists, uh, she she sort of hits the road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she she runs away from the school and she runs to Uppsala, which is like the nearest city, as near as I can figure. She lies about her ethnicity. She takes on the name of her teacher and she goes through a series of adventures. She tries to like live with Nicholas's family, which does not work Mm -hmm. out. She tries to get herself into school where she discovers she needs money in order Mm -hmm. to pay the enrollment fees. And all of this drives her back to her parents' home where she asks her mother for her late father's silver belt so that she can sell it to have the money to pay for school. They have like this sort of 
it's an almost too speedy falling out. Yes, like, <laughs> it's I'm, very fast. Especially because this is kind of like the emotional climax of the movie. Like, I really wanted this to play out a little bit more sustained, but instead her mom is basically just insulted and she says, okay, fine, you can leave. And she gives her the belt. And she kills a reindeer, right? She does kill a reindeer. I, yeah. I was actually worried that she killed more than one based yeah. on the family's reaction. But no, I think it's just the one, which is like, well, this is my protest then. Like, this is how much I don't care about our traditional way of life. Yeah. I reject it wholeheartedly through murder. And so the film effectively ends there. The flashback ends there. We return to the frame narrative. Um, Christina well, she goes to her sister and she takes the lid off of her sister's coffin and she kind of crawls in next to her and she apologizes. Mm -hmm. And then that is where the film ends. Yeah. Yeah. So you you texted me and you were like, <laughs> this is relentlessly grim. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 I may not have been in the right headspace for it in fairness, but I want to start by saying the film itself is beautiful, beautiful. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. Like the landscapes are exquisite. The cinematography is sweeping and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. The performances are solid, but like. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so just, it's grim. a Debbie Downer narrative, right? It is because it's not just about, I don't know. I guess there's a way to read this as like, and, and some reviews, which made me feel very uncomfortable, are like, a, a young woman goes for her dreams no matter what it takes. And I was like, oh, oh no, like, no, this, Th this, this is, is horrible. Like, this is this woman disavowing everything because she is made to feel ashamed by yeah. the larger dominant culture. She's totally alienated from who she is and where she comes from and her family because of the judgment of Swedish society mm -hmm. who are consistently horrible to her in every moment. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, she's full of regret. <laughs> yes. After she has effectively, we're led to believe, kind of lost everything, right? Because I, yeah. I think by sheer virtue of not seeing her mother, we assume that her mother is dead. And then we know her younger sister has died. And they didn't really ever have a chance to reconcile. Like they, there's this moment where when she comes home near the end of the film, she goes into the lake and she bathes and she invites her sister to come in. And it's a tender moment. But the reason she's invited her sister into the water is because she's like, we smell bad like she's literally trying to yeah. wash the culture off of them <laughs> yeah exactly and like there's this sweet sadness in her son's character we who we barely know so her son mm -hmm. ollie and her granddaughter santa are the ones who have taken her to this funeral and right it's very interestingly shot we almost never see ollie's whole face in a frame right. Santa is almost silent. So these two characters are sort of like, they're just existing on kind of the periphery of her awareness. Mm -hmm. But there's this clear desire on Ollie's part to like know these people and understand oh, yes. where he's come from. And he's so committed to showing this to Santa. And so there's this one part where it's like, oh, like, look, like he wants back. He wants to reconnect. Mm -hmm. And I guess there's hopefulness there. Sure. But we spend so little time with that part of the story and so much time really just steeped in this kind of just self-disgust that is imposed mm -hmm. on Ella Maria slash Christina's character. It's I found it very hard to watch at moments. And there are moments that are so upsetting. Like there's one scene where the local boys near the nomad school pin her down. And right. oh my God, Joe, I was just 
I was yes. like, please don't be a sexual assault. Please don't be a sexual assault. Uh-huh, and it is uh-huh. not a sexual assault, but it's not Just better. a regular physical one. <laughs> well, what they do is, so we have this scene at the beginning of the film where we see the Sammy people out on the land and they're going through the process of marking the ears of the reindeer in their herd. Mm-hmm. And then she's given her father's knife. Her father has died. Before she leaves for school, she's given her father's knife. And of course, the boys turn and use that knife to mark her own ear as if mm-hmm. she is an animal. Right. Awful. I mean, beautiful, incredibly well shot and very uh, evocative of that opening moment of the film. Yes. And also, mm-hmm. oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I watched this movie during the day this morning before this recording, and when I watch movies during the day, I can often see my own reflection in either the TV screen or my laptop screen, mm. and I just kept catching my own face, and I was just grimacing throughout the entire <laughs> oh, movie. Because you're right, it, it's so gorgeously shot, and the performances are amazing. Like It's very, very captivating. It's exceptionally mm-hmm. well done. And it was definitely one of those movies where I just spent a large part of the runtime going, I don't like this. This makes me feel very uncomfortable. I know that that's the intention. I think that's why it's so effective. Mm -hmm. But this was not an easy watch considering it's really just about someone who hates themselves. Yeah. It's so profoundly, right? And over and over again, these attempts to assimilate, right? So there's a scene where she's smoking with the girls outside of the school that she's like snuck herself into, and she's making fun of other girls alongside them. And it Mm -hmm. seems like she's found this sort of mean girls kind of She's found her way in, yeah. And this is the moment when the headmaster calls her in and gives her the bill uh, that she has to come up with the money for the school. And then there's another moment where she goes to try to borrow the money from Nicholas, um, and his it's friends, his birthday. it's his birthday and his friends oh, make, he, make her do this sort of traditional like yodeling song that is part of Sammy culture. And his friends are like, do it for Nicholas as a birthday present. And it's like, mm. she's so uncomfortable. It's so awful. Yeah. She goes through and she sings the song for them and then like leaves because it's just she's, she's so humiliated, humiliated. Yeah. and he comes out and he's like no i thought it was beautiful just like a little long and i was like wow i hate you i hate you so much <laughs> yeah i found nicholas to be a fascinating character because you know he's obviously using her like at one yes. point they they do have relations and it's shot in such a tender fashion and yet there's also extreme moments of discomfort and even disgust because you know what he's doing Mm -hmm. and i think even she knows what she's doing like in a way this is a transactional sexual encounter because she wants to stay at his house she needs his help and he's hypothetically betting her because she's an easy mark Mm -hmm. and Like, the film is just filled with these kinds of moments, particularly between these two, because she keeps having to go back to him because she doesn't know anyone else in Uppsala. And, yeah, like, in some ways, I kept waiting for this movie to go into some really dark, very bad territories. Like, when she gets kicked out, she has to sleep in the botanical gardens because she Mm -hmm. can't go back to the school because she doesn't have the money, but she can't stay with Nicholas. And I was thankful that there isn't more violence or there isn't mm-hmm. a sexual assault. Oh, I'm and so yet grateful. I did. I spent the entire film waiting, waiting for mm-hmm. it because it's that kind of movie. Yes, absolutely. It's, um, it's so tense. It's so intense and you do watch it really. 
yeah, you're you're on tenterhooks the whole time. There's no mm-hmm. there's no other way to to put it. And it's a testament to how exquisitely well done the performances are. Like and understated, you know, like the teacher is a really great example of an understated horrible performance. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> at no point is she like I don't know. She comes across as a perfectly upstanding woman upholding the beliefs of that time period and the ways in which it is so normal for her to be so profoundly racist to this girl who is just asking her for help um, is shocking, right? And that happens Mm -hmm. over and over again. It's something that the film does incredibly well. It's that that sort of banality of evil and that the way in which like – there's another moment with Nicholas's parents when – they effectively tell him that she's Sammy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they use a they use a racial epithet to describe her, and they say, you know, she should go back to her people. They have resources there. It's like right. this real, like you know, you hear people in Canada say it all the time, right? These like throwaway comments about like dependence mm-hmm. on government or where people should or shouldn't be, and right. Definitely not here. Definitely not in polite society. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not bothering us. Not part of our world. And I, you know, every time the film does that, it's incredibly effective. Yes. Um, But it also just piles on and on and on. It's just so much to take in. Mm Hmm. So I I have a question about technical stuff because you and I have had conversations about definitions of YA, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is very much a YA narrative. It's a coming of age narrative. We're really getting a sense of, you know, Ella, Maria coming to grips with who she wants to be, what she wants, and the impacts it'll have on her future. Mm -hmm. But we've mentioned a couple of times there is this bracketing device, and it's not dissimilar to something like Stand By Me or The Virgin Suicide. So do you think that this still fits the bill even though this is technically a narrative that is framed as a memory. No. Um, and I think this is where we distinguish between coming of age and YA. Not all coming of age stories are young adult stories. And I think mm-hmm. ultimately, I would love to see a version of this film without the frame. Um, I hated the frame. <laughs> <laughs> when it opened with that, I was like, okay. And you know, if you read the Wikipedia page, it actually says that the first 10 minutes of the film and then part of the end is actually from the short film, Mm -hmm. which this is based on. So I think in some ways we were never going to get the film without this because that's where the story originated from. Right. But I hate it because I don't actually feel like it adds anything to this narrative. No. And in fact, I think it gives too easy an ending, Um, Mm -hmm. not emotionally easy, but just too tidy an ending, right? Like we leave – Christina slash Elmaria at the end of like this abandonment between her and her family, right? It's like this almost mutual abandonment. Like they're both like, mm-hmm. we're we're done with each other. And she's like, she's just out on the land. Yes. And that's where her story ends. And it's It's too pat, right? Like it, it, <laughs> you're watching it and the, it's these beautiful vistas and you feel like, I did feel emotionally touched, but I also felt gently manipulated. Like, no, this is too pat for well-meaning sort of ally dominant culture viewers, right? You know, like, oh, haven't we all learned something? And I was just like, no, it's too simplistic. Like, that's not the point of this. And there's 64 years gap, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what happened over those 64 years? And like, yes, we get some we get some suggestions, right? Christina, as she comes to be in her uh, sort of elderly form, she's clearly 
well off. She's clearly um, sort of integrated into society. She's clearly rejected her heritage and history. But like, Mm -hmm. there's 64 years there. I don't even know how she gets back to the city (laughs) from Mm -hmm. where she stands, right? And I think that the frame narrative allows the film to get away with that. Right. And I, I, I didn't love it. And I think mm-hmm. also with the frame in place, it's it's sort of decisively not YA, right? Because right. what we are really learning about is the memory of an old woman. It's mm-hmm. not it's not a young adult text insofar as it is primarily it's about a memory of a coming of age, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then I guess the other question that I have, and this is difficult, I think, for you and I to separate because we have talked about a number of Canadian indigenous texts. Mm-hmm. And even that is actually doing a disservice to the number of films and books that we've read, because of course, we always need to acknowledge that indigenous is actually an umbrella term for mm-hmm. all of the different tribes and, and nations and so on within Canada, around the world and so on. But I'm wondering, this is made by a Sami filmmaker mm-hmm. and writer. But do you get the impression that this is for folks like you and I? Like, is this educational in order to to help people outside of Sami culture understand the culture and the conflict and their challenges more? So I feel like that's a hard question to answer because I don't really know. Like, this is a lot of what I was reading up on this morning. I don't really mm-hmm. know where Swedish society is in their conversations around truth and reconciliation. Like, right. I get the vibe just from the timelines <laughs> in the stuff I was reading today that, like, it seems as though the point of the conversation in much of Scandinavia is maybe where Canada was in the 90s. Okay. Um And so I don't know if that's true. That just seems like in terms of legislative milestones, that seems to be the case. So I don't know if this is the kind of text that is like an introduction. trying to draw more attention to it because it's still an ongoing hot topic. Yeah. Like the thing I learned most from this text is that there's a huge impact of these nomad schools on identity and Mm – self-worth, but also there's a really interesting dynamic here in that Christina's younger sister does not have any of these same experiences, right? She's very proud to be Sammy. She looks forward to returning to her community. She -hmm. doesn't buy into the kinds of narratives that her sister is so deeply impacted by. Right. And that's a fascinating piece of it as well, right? Like there's a level at which this is a very specific and individual story, a very specific and individual response to colonization mm-hmm. while we're being shown these other alternative lives that we just never get to know. Right. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was really interesting is that like particularly when they first go to the nomad school, we can see that they – you know, like they have to take care of what's called the gatpi, which is their sort of traditional outfits, like the traditional mm-hmm. Sami outfits. And they're very striking, right? Like, of course, we get this horrible moment where somebody comes to visit the school and the woman says like, oh, look at these costumes. Mm-hmm. And you like all of us just cringe and die inside because you're just like, that's not costumes. That's literally a part of their culture like Mm -hmm. this is traditional formal wear even but i like the fact that that's sort of embedded in there like yeah we get that moment where we get the cringe factor because of the like well-meaning white lady who shows up and she's like oh isn't this nice 
But the rest of the film, we just implicitly understand what it means mm -hmm. when Ella Maria burns the outfit so mm. that she can go to Uppsala and she steals like a, a quote unquote traditional regular dress from a woman on the train. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's all these sort of other possible lives embedded in the text. And we do see all these. Yeah, the, you're right. There's all these sort of throwaway remarks. And, and I'm not trying to minimize like the general clear racism of society that's depicted mm -hmm. here. But I am fascinated that we have these two sisters having these parallel experiences. Right. And taking very different responses to it. Like, there's a, a level at which you can read the text as saying, like, Christina's path is not the only path. And look at mm -hmm. this vibrant community that she left behind and how much, how much sort of lesser she is from it. But I also wonder if there's not a way of watching the film that, you know, I keep coming back to this like 64 year gap, but like, mm -hmm. <laughs> she lives her entire life without confronting these feelings, right? And there's something, right. there's something profoundly tragic about that. And I don't quite know what to do with it. Well, I think part of our struggle is that because we're coming to the film fresh to mm -hmm. this culture, like we don't know anything about Sammy, literally didn't even know anything about this until Alex's email came in and she was like, hey, I think this might be an interesting text for you folks to cover. And then you and I, of course, had to like kind of hit the books. Mm -hmm. And part of this is that this film is telling one very specific kind of story, right? It's about racism. It's about truth and reconciliation to a lesser degree. But yeah, like this is one very specific story about displaced people who are not valued by the dominant majority in the country. But you and I, I think, are so fascinated also by the other half of this story, right? Like, what does life look like for the Sami? So there's something to be said for like the brief glimpses we get to see of their nomadic lifestyle. You know, we hear the comment when old Christina is hanging out in the bar and she overhears a table of women who are staying at this hotel and they're, you know, it's clearly some kind of spa vacation resort in the mountain. And this one woman says like, Ugh, these people, you know, like, don't they know we came here to relax and all I can hear is their <laughs> snowmobiles as they're herding their reindeer. Oh, and, and you're just like, how about you expletive, <laughs> expletive, expletive. Yeah. But, you know, part of me was like, I almost wish I could see more of what the Sammy lifestyle was like. Mm -hmm. What does the 64-year gap look like for Christina? Sure, but what does it also look like for her sister? And I think part of that is just it's the story that we're not getting because the movie yeah. doesn't tell it. But I do also wish I could see part of that story. Yeah, and I think this is one of those things, right? There are, as as near as I can figure from from reading some background, there are a lot of films about Sami culture, like, mm -hmm. but not by Sami people, not from right. that perspective. And so, you know, we always try to caution ourselves against asking one text to be everything. Mm -hmm. It's not fair. Uh, but yeah, as somebody new to this culture and new to this, new to understanding this, I was, I really wanted to understand more what she's running from honestly mm -hmm. like we we spend so much time learning the swedish perspective on sammy people right and i wanted to know more about sammy people and i've gathered that this feels like a bit of a holdover from some of those other films that are made by non-sammy filmmakers where mm -hmm. it's like they're they're often depicted as kind of like brutes or animals or savages if we want to even use the horrible word mm -hmm. and i wonder if Part of this movie was an attempt to say, like, well, 
I'm not going to show you necessarily what day to day life in a Sami culture looks like because, you know, to a certain extent, you can see some of that in all of the other movies. I'm not saying this correctly. No, I get what you're saying. Like, there's a way of responding to misrepresentations of culture or misunderstandings of culture by saying like actually no i'm going to show you this character and how she how she moves into the city and how she actually if she had the support she could look after herself and she has integrated and that's a different kind of narrative Mm -hmm. than we usually get to see um so i get that piece of it for sure and i think you know that we need to watch more sammy film (laughs) obviously Yeah, that's just what the reality we're not going to get the entire picture from a single film. I do recommend this film to our listeners. Like, Mm -hmm. I I know Joe and I have said it like three times, but I really can't overstate how exquisitely beautiful this film is to watch. Mm -hmm. It really, really is. And the performances, I don't think there's a single one that I would say is weak. They're all incredibly strong and incredibly. Yeah, you care very much about these characters, which is maybe why I'm complaining that I didn't get enough of some of them. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned Let the Right One In, which is the only other Swedish text that we've covered on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And this one does feel sort of starkly different because that is more of a kind of like contemporary metropolis sort of film, whereas Mm -hmm. this one balances between it's a historical metropolis, but also we're getting these exquisite mountain open air sequences. Like even the the nomad school is like embedded in the woods. And yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it's it's a very picturesque movie in addition to a lot of like really beautiful cinematography and like certain sequences really leap off the screen. But it also acted as a bit of a travel log for Sweden, and I wouldn't mind going to visit. (laughs) Yes, seriously. It is really, really beautiful. Okay. Well, um, any final thoughts on Sammy Blood? Um, No, I don't think so. I think that this was... This was a really worthwhile watch, and uh, and yeah, I've just found myself wanting to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I did actually recently pick up a book, Joe, that I just started reading, and it's going to be a Netflix film uh, soon, so it might be something for us to revisit another mm. Sammy story. It's called Stolen by Anne-Helen uh, Lestadius, I believe. Um, it's all about a nine-year-old girl and her sort of coming of age. So it's a little bit younger than we usually trend, but it might be worthwhile to keep an eye on when that one comes out as just, Mm. you know, another piece of this story. That's all about a young woman who she sees a crime and the police don't take her seriously. Um, Mm. And I get the vibe that it's sort of like Swedish crime meets the, the notion of like it actually talking about like Sammy people in Sammy history, and it also is written by a Sammy author. So if folks nice. hear this and they're interested, I know that that book is out there and uh, it's going to be a film soon as well. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Something to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of things we want people to keep an eye on, Joe? Mm-hmm. That was Maybe tortured. Yeah, I just want <laughs> I just wanted to mention that our next book is We Are Totally Normal. I'm hoping folks have picked it up. You've got just a little bit more time to get your thoughts in, so please do uh, let us know how that reading is going, and we'll be tackling that one really, really soon. But before you hear our book club episode, uh, our next full length text and film is another listener recommendation. This one from Miriam. Thank you. We'll be looking at the center of the world. Yeah. And we should note that Miriam, I don't think has read this or maybe hadn't read this when she recommended it. It was kind of like, hey, keep this on your radar because I know it exists. So uh, hopefully 
that pans out and it's a good pick, we will find out next week. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, so get writing in if you want to get in touch with us about book club or about the center of the world or oh gosh, fingers crossed, you're a Swedish listener and you want to tell us more about Sammy Blood and the context and what we should have known before we sat down to record this episode. Mm -hmm. um, you can write to us. We're on Twitter at HKHSPod or on the hashtag HKHSPod. Joe, where do they find you? I'm at B stole my remote and that's the letter B. And I'm at Brenna C. Gray. That's gray with an A. And for long form responses, of course, email is our best friend. You can write to us hkhspod at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, yeah, I think this was a good episode, Joe. I think that, well, actually, that's not true. I think this was a good text, Joe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel so at sea. And it's a good, like, we had a email from a listener that I'm, I'm sure we'll circle back to at some point, but there was a line in it that like, you know, you guys are expressing a lot of discomfort lately. And that's how like people feel when they don't come from dominant cultures and they read about them all the time. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, that's a yeah. good point. That's a yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So until next time, uh, when we'll be, well, we'll continue to be a little bit out of our comfort zones. Uh, I will see you on the page. And I will see you on the screen. This is traditional formal wear even. But I love that, you know, what am I trying to say with this? <clears throat> I did recently start reading a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to screw up the author's name if I don't look it up. So it's okay. Mm-hmm.